to the $100 MBA show because building a business is hard. That's why we deliver daily 10-minute business lessons for the real world to help you along the way. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenholm. I'm also the co-founder of Webinar Ninja, an independent software company I started with my co-founder back in 2014. And in today's episode, I'm going to share how I got my first thousand subscribers on the podcast. These are strategies you can use with anything you're trying to drive traffic to. You're trying to build your email list. If you're trying to get more people to your blog, if you're trying to get more people to see your product. And some of these tips will be specifically around getting podcast listeners. This month, we celebrated seven years of the podcast. So I thought, why not share some stories, some strategies I've never shared before? I'm going to show you some of the guerrilla marketing that we did in the early days with very little capital but a lot of hustle. So let's get into it. Let's get down to business. Support for today's show comes from NHTSA. It can happen so easily. You're out with your friends or coworkers. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. It's time to go. And for a moment, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you're a good driver. You live nearby and you can make it home okay. What are the odds of you getting pulled over? And even so, What's the worst that could happen? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over. We launched the $100 MBA show podcast in August of 2014. I remember it like it was yesterday because I felt like it was a big moment in my life. For those who don't know, we actually had a podcast before this show that actually failed. We learned a lot of hard lessons along the way about why it didn't work and retooled and launched this podcast. A lot of people have asked us, uh, what did we learn from this failed podcast? Long story short, we were not leveraging our strengths. We weren't really uh, building a podcast, building a show around what we do best. Uh, the previous podcast was an interview podcast, more of a discussion podcast, and that was really not my strength. Still isn't. Prior to jumping into full-time entrepreneurship, I was an educator. I was a teacher for 13 years in the classroom. So I'm pretty good at teaching. That's what my degree's in. That's what all my training and certificates are in. So I realized I should be teaching on the podcast, and now you hear me teach every single day on this show. I also realized that other shows were not being as practical as they needed to be. I know that when you start out in entrepreneurship, you need directives, you need very specific instructions and practical advice that you can actually take on and implement immediately to see an improvement. And I felt like there was too much out there that was not covering that. But once we launched the podcast, we needed listeners. A lot of people forget that you can have a great product, you can have a great show, you can have a great blog, you can get a great website, but if nobody knows about it, it's not just going to be a success on its own. It's not, if you build it, they will come. That's just not true. It's too much of a crowded world now. People's attention is scattered and it's hard to get. So I knew when we launched the podcast, as good as I thought it was going to be, I needed to market it. Now, I just want to take a brief moment to say the quality of your show is really important. Why? Because if it's not good, if it's not valuable, then you're going to work hard to get somebody to listen to it, and then it's going to end there. 
In order for you to have real growth, you need a great product so other people, when they experience it, they say, oh, wow, so glad I found the show. And they tell other people, they share it with other people. That's how it snowballs. But if you don't have a good thing, then they're not going to tell other people about it. So having said that, we did focus a lot on the quality of the show, making sure it's the best show possible. And we continue to try to improve it day in, day out, and we still do. So I want to start sharing with you some of the things that we did to market this podcast, how we got our first thousand subscribers, because we felt if we got a thousand subscribers, those subscribers will tell other people and we'll have a critical mass. Things will start to snowball. And this is exactly what happened. First thing I did on launch day was I emailed, personally emailed, like I actually wrote the email myself in Gmail every single person I knew. And I'm literally saying everybody I know, my business contacts, uh, people that I met once in a conference, friends, family, distant relatives. And I literally told them, this is what I need from you. Hey, I just launched this podcast. I need you to listen to it and tell me what you think in a rating and a review. You could be honest. You could tell me what you think. Doesn't have to be positive. And I showed them how to do it because podcasting is not super, super simple. I gave them the instructions. Hey, this is how you find my show. This is how you subscribe. This is how you rate. This is how you review. And I just focused on Apple Podcasts or at the time it was called iTunes. I didn't try to you know, attack all the other platforms. I just focused on one. And that task took me, I remember like three full days to do because I was emailing personally, hey, what's going on? How's so-and-so? How's the dog? You know, it was a personal email to every single person. And that really helped my show get a little boost in the beginning and also just get some listenership, get some feedback and get the ball rolling. It's very important to launch strong when you're launching anything because you want to get that initial momentum going. Another strategy that I implemented when I launched the podcast was prior to the launch, I actually scheduled a launch date. I believe it was August 14th. And I knew that's when I was going to release the podcast. And I'm actually going to release with five episodes so that uh, people can listen to many episodes and really get hooked and want to give a review. In addition to that, with the launch date, I scheduled 12 podcast interviews. I try to get more, but 12 is what it ended up being meaning I was a guest on other podcasts that had audiences that might be interested in my podcast. Now, this took a little planning. I actually scheduled these interviews and got booked on them months in advance. I had one request, though. I said, hey, thanks for having me on the show. Would it be possible if you release my episode on your show uh, on August 14th or a day or two later? Now, why did I want to do that? Well, I wanted the day of the launch or the week of the launch to basically be a celebration of our show. I wanted us to be everywhere when we launched. I wanted people that listen on different podcasts to feel like, wow, this Omar guy's everywhere. This new podcast sounds like it's a hit. I'm going to go check it out. And it kind of made me look bigger than I was. And it just was good planning. That's all it was. It wasn't like I was some sort of celebrity. Now, the key was getting these interviews and selling myself to the podcast saying, hey, I can add a lot of value in these areas uh, given my business experience at the time. Once I booked those interviews and they all launched the same day or so, it really made an impact. Next, another strategy that Nicole and I did, Nicole's my partner in life and partner in business, is a couple weeks after we launched, there was a huge podcast conference called Podcast Movement. It was actually the first podcast movement. And it was 
pretty big for its time. It wasn't thousands of people, but it was hundreds. And the conference was a couple of weeks after we launched the podcast. So I kind of got lucky there, but you could still kind of do something within the first few months of your podcast if there's a conference coming up. We went to the conference and, you know, through the relationships that I've built over the years, and somehow I got myself a speaker spot, Nicole as well, at that conference through the relationships we built over the years. And I was just a moderator. I was a moderator in a panel discussion, but I got a chance to be on stage. Once I knew that what happened, I said, I got to take advantage of the fact that I'm going to be at this conference for three days with other podcasters. I'll be mingling with other speakers. So Nicole and I literally went to a local t-shirt printing shop and printed two t-shirts, literally two t-shirts, one for her, one for me, that had the $100 MBA podcast brand on it. I had a little funny uh, cartoony thing on the front to catch people's attention, and it was a lot of fun. But the point here is that, hey, I'm going to be walking around this conference, hundreds of people are going to be there. I might as well support my brand and not somebody else's brand. Next, let's get into the real hustle. It was a few weeks into the podcast. I really wanted to push more subscribers. We didn't hit a thousand yet. I wanted more listeners, and I literally took the streets. I don't think I've shared the story publicly before, but Nicole and I were living in San Diego at the time. We went to the beach, Pacific Beach, where it was like a main thoroughfare. People walking up and down the boardwalk constantly, hundreds and hundreds of people every single uh, hour. And we put up a sandwich board that said, enjoy our podcast and enjoy a cold drink. I literally stood on the boardwalk with hundreds of people walking by with this sandwich board that was like a whiteboard. I had uh, my big Coleman uh, cooler filled with ice and soft drinks. I literally just went to, you know, a supermarket and got a bunch of iced teas and a bunch of, you know, root beers and a bunch of colas. And I filled my cooler with ice. We went down to the beach and people come up to us and be like, really? I got a free cold drink? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, what, what's this podcast? It was like, it's called The $100 MBA Show. Check it out. Are you into business? Are you, do you want to start a business one day? And they're like, yeah, cool. Let me check it out. And they would, I would show them how to find it on, on, uh, on their phone. They would subscribe right there. And that's it. They got their cold drink. Now, I know that not everybody that subscribed would be a lifelong listener, but I know a good portion of them will. They want to check it out. I know the law of reciprocity. People will actually listen to the show because they feel obliged to because, hey, they got a free drink on a hot day. And basically what I was doing is I was just trying to market my podcast to the masses, to the public in any little way. And it was just trying to get their attention with a free cold drink. That cold drink cost me, I don't know, 10 cents uh, a can. And it allowed me to have a conversation with somebody and talk about business and talk about, hey, what business are you starting or what business are you doing right now? They tell me about their uncle's business and how you know it's struggling and they would love some help. And it gave me a chance to learn a little bit more by my audience and spread the word about the podcast. I really wanted to understand who our actual listeners would be and what the real struggles were because for me, that was like great R&D for great episode topics in the future. Plus, I had a blast meeting all these amazing people at the beach. And people are in a good mood at the beach, and they're opening up a nice cold drink. And it was a ton of fun. Now, I don't know how much that activity that afternoon, you know, impacted our uh, subscribers and the growth of our podcast, but I learned a ton. And sometimes I just like doing things that are a little bit hard, a little bit outside my comfort zone for the sake of what I want. And often, I do not regret it. I learn a ton, and I have a good time. 
Guys, I got more on today's topic, but before that, let me give love to today's sponsor. Support for today's show comes from Sleeper. Sleeper is a fantasy sports app that was founded with the intention of connecting people through sports. It features fantasy NFL, NBA, and LCS League of Legends. No matter how you play, whether it's Redraft, Destiny, Best Ball, you're given total control over the league and the draft experience. One of the best parts is that Sleeper is free and has no ads. It's a genuinely premium fantasy experience. Plus, integrated chat allows you to interact with your league mates more. No more annoying group me chats or iMessages that exclude Android users. Making trades, dishing trash talk, and the overall game day experience are simply elevated and made easier. With its clean, modern user interface, Sleeper feels totally unlike other older fantasy apps with its sleek design. At its core, Sleeper's users talk more with their friends and league mates, and their leagues simply feel that difference. Download Sleeper for the best fantasy sports experience available. If you already play fantasy sports, see for yourself why millions have made Sleeper the fastest growing fantasy platform. If you're new to fantasy sports, try out Sleeper's new matchmaking feature to find a league and get started. I got a couple more tips I want to share with you about how we got our first thousand subscribers to our podcast. I ran a ton of webinars the first year we had our podcast because what I wanted to do is I wanted to get more subscribers and get more people engaged with my podcast. So I'd email my whole list. I would share on social that I'm doing this webinar. And on this webinar, I was just doing open Q&A. I was coaching, but I would do it around a topic and usually it was a topic about the episode I just released. So uh, it would be, hey, last week we talked about this topic on the show. If you haven't checked it out, check out the show. We'd say that on the, on the webinar and we'd do some coaching on that topic. And then I would tease them and say, hey, next week, these are the episodes that we'll be releasing. These are the topics. So if you want to get these episodes automatically, hit subscribe. I would have slides showing them exactly how to subscribe to my show. I'd show them how to rate and review. And it was a slow, slow slog, but it actually helped a lot. You know, I would do about a webinar a week for about four or five months straight. And each webinar would have between 50 to 100 uh, people register and about maybe 30 to 40 attend. Uh, you know, another 30 watch the replay. And slowly but surely, you know, I saw our subscribers get more and more and more. And I am passionate about these topics. I love this podcast. I love helping other entrepreneurs. So it didn't seem like work to me to do these webinars. It just felt like I was sharing more of what I love to share. One more strategy. On the podcast, you might notice that I mentioned a lot of authors, other business people, other entrepreneurs, people that do uh, interesting things, uh, websites. And I like to give credit where credit is due. I like to mention where I learned something. So you can go ahead and learn for yourself. You know, you can uh, go to the source and really go in deep. And when I mention these people and these things, we would mention it on social. We say, hey, we just published an episode where we talk about XYZ and we would at the people and at the companies. And not everybody replies or retweets, but I would say maybe one in every 10 tweets, somebody would re retweet or, or share on social, on Facebook or LinkedIn. And that ratio was worth the effort, you know, because we would post, you know, two or three times a day. So we'd get like two or three shares every week. And sometimes when somebody with a big following shares, it really helps our show get exposure. So you may want to give that a try with whatever content you're producing. All in all, it was not easy. You know, we did a lot of hard work to get to those 
first thousand subscribers and then to get to 10,000 and then to get to 100,000, it was even harder, but it was worth it. I enjoyed the hustle. I enjoyed the hard work. I enjoyed the uphill climb because that's what we do as entrepreneurs. We love the challenge. We love to see how far we can stretch ourselves. And um, I look fondly back at those days when we first got started. And I'm so glad that I wasn't discouraged by the fact that I had less than a thousand subscribers. I knew that, hey, this is just the beginning. These are my first steps. Let me just enjoy that process. Live in the moment, be present. Thanks so much for listening to The $100 MBA Show. I hope you loved today's episode. If you did, let us know in a rating and review. Pop us a review on any podcast app, whatever podcast app you like using to listen to podcasts. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. Everybody starts at zero. You look at your favorite heroes in business. They have millions of email subscribers or, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads of uh, a podcast episode or millions of views on YouTube. They all started with zero subscribers, zero views. We all start there. So, you're in good company when you're first getting started. Don't worry. Focus on your craft. Focus on the content and uh, putting out something quality, but also focus on trying to share it as much as possible. Do the legwork required to make it happen. Uh, try some of these strategies I shared today. See if they work for you. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll check you in tomorrow's episode for your Ride Friday. I'll see you then. Take care. Take care.